Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen. This is episode 14, Nashville, Tennessee, the transgender murderer. Uh, before we get started into this pretty heavy topic, um, I did want to say thanks for your support. Um, the, the people that have donated money to me for no other reason than out of the kindness of their hearts. I really appreciate that. I can reach more people through this podcast than just talking to my neighbors or, or at work. The world needs more principled people to stand up and clearly state what is right and wrong, not on opinions, but based on what God says. And that's what I try and do. And I will never waver from speaking the truth, regardless of how the world views it. So your support enables me to do this. And I try my best to speak in common everyday language so that it doesn't sound religious or holier than thou. I, I want to read the Bible, explain it to you, and just tell you in plain language what the simple truth is. And you can always email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. I'll personally respond to you. And if you want to support me under this description of this podcast, there's a small button that says support this podcast. But this is not about um, tithing or, or, or doing a, you know a, some biblical mandate about finances. I'm, I'm not getting into that. Whatever is donated to me, I understand is just a gift. And I will try and use that wisely. And that's pretty much it. I just wanted to say thank you. So that it's a blessing to me. Thank you. Um, so let's get to the topic at hand. There was another murder um, last week. Nashville, Tennessee at a Christian school. Uh, it would appear that that was specifically targeted because it was Christian. Not sure yet. Don't really care about reading the guys, the girls manifesto, but there's a couple of things that we need to cover based on what the, what the national sentiment appears to be. And I understand that news stories are fake and they, they push a narrative. I get that. But number one, when we talk about these things, um, we need to understand that as, as believers in the Bible, we should be speaking truth. Don't give in to the lies that the world talks about. All right. So transgender is not a thing. Number one, you cannot be trans. You cannot switch your gender. Your gender is determined by the X and Y chromosomes in every freaking cell of your body. You are born a specific gender and you cannot change that. Genesis 127, God created male and female. I, I understand there are like 0.00001% anomalies where somebody appears to be born with both genitalia, uh, hermaphrodites. That is so freaking rare. It is abnormality. It is not proof of multiple genders, okay? Transgender is not a thing. Let's stop talking about that. You have males, and you have females. And if one of them decides that they don't like their gender or they feel uncomfortable in their gender, that's a mental problem. Straight up, plain and simple. You can call it gender dysphoria or whatever you want, which is the clinical term. And, and you will see transgenders talk about this, that they have gender dysphoria and they can't help it. Well, gender by dysphoria, by definition, is someone who cannot cope with the reality of their gender. They think in their mind that reality is not really reality. That's a mental illness. A male or female who has this mental illness needs help with the mental illness. They do not need their body parts to be butchered and cut up and new body parts Frankensteined on 
to try and make them feel better because then you are enabling their mental illness and telling them that you're right. There's something wrong with your body. You're not good enough the way you are. And that is disgusting and wrong. So number one, there are males and females. There is nothing else. Number two, conservatives, Christians, and Republicans, the right, the far right, the alt-right that the media talks about, do not hate trans people. That is a lie. We are the only ones who love those people for who they are. They don't even love themselves. They refuse to believe that the way they are is good enough. We, on the right, actually do love the way they are. We prefer to affirm that their body is okay the way it is. Body positivity, right? Rather than tell someone that they are right, that their body needs to be cut up and have parts cut off or added on because they aren't good enough the way they are, we choose to, to affirm that, no, your body's fine the way it is. You don't need to change it. Doctors, psychologists, etc., who say that they are affirming, they're actually destroying the person's self-esteem by agreeing with them that their body's not good enough and needs to be changed. Christians, on the other hand, love and accept them for who they really are. So in the world, we talk about we have this need to promote a healthy acceptance of our body and affirm that people are okay the way they are. But when it comes to males or females who think that they're something else, all of a sudden the hypocrisy shows in, in the leftists and the progressives and woke people. And all of a sudden, well, you need to change your body. You're, you're right. You're, you're not re- you were born in the wrong body. Your body's not right for you. You need to change your body. That's hypocrisy at its finest. And the worst part about it is they're doing it for money or for a political agenda. They don't even care about the person that they're cutting up. It's disgusting. Christians and and conservatives don't hate trans people. We love males and females, and we love the way you're born and the body you're born in. The news media, the government, schools, trans trans activists that are trying to say that they are facing persecution and attacks and civil rights violations by Christians and conservatives, they're labeling people like me who disagree with them as if my disagreement is violence or an attack against them and they have to defend themselves. That's a lie. The trans activists had a trans day of violence where they promoted getting in people's faces, forcing anger and violence with guns. And then as a result of this, here you have this one who goes in with a gun and murders, I think it was six people, three of them children. It's horribly violent and disgusting to take those lies and that push for violence and say that it's the Christians that are doing it when it's not. It's the trans activist people. And not only that, but they're the ones sexualizing children at drag shows, libraries, and schools. They're the ones calling for the murder of conservatives, Hanoa Jane on The View, live on the air, freely admitted that she thinks that conservatives ought to be murdered. These people are the ones that are, in fact, murdering people. Remember the LGBTQ Pulse nightclub in Florida that got shot up, uh, what was it, two years ago? Then, then you have this one here at the Covenant School with the murdering Christians last week. They are the ones murdering people and committing violence against people, not Christians. So the lies that you hear in the media that these people are only pushing back against hate and violence is, is completely opposite of the truth. In fact, they are the ones killing themselves, not Christians, not those on the right. 
the NIH.gov, the National Library of Medicine, did a study, the, like the only study of its kind, and, and it says, quote, data indicate that 82% of transgender individuals have considered killing themselves and 40% have attempted suicide with suicidality highest among transgender youth. Why are we pushing as a society to be transgender upon our youth when that mental illness results in 40% of those people attempting to kill themselves? That whole community of people who, who mentally cannot cope with the reality of what their body is, those people at a 40% attempted suicide rate are the ones killing themselves and hating their own bodies. It's not Christians. Males and females who cannot cope with the reality of their body need help. They need affirmation that their body is beautiful the way it is. They need people who love them, loving people around them to help them realize the reality Instead of sadistic, evil, money-hungry people who want to use them as political pawns and to make money off of them by having horrific, evil surgeries where they cut off body parts. And then don't, don't even go, please do not Google how they do these surgeries. Not only do they do it, like just the fact that they do it is disgusting, but they do it on children to Frankenstein in fake body parts that create problems for the rest of their lives and pain and open wounds. This is Nazi level hack doctor crap that these people enjoy torturing other people. That's what this is. And it's, it's evil. It's disgusting. And every doctor that participates in this ought to be put to death. And I'm not kidding. I'm talking legally like Nuremberg trials type thing. This is not a joke. This is disgusting, Nazi, sadistic torture, lifelong until the people end up committing suicide. So why, why is this so important? Why, why am I talking so passionately, passionately about this? Because number one, the lies told about this are disgusting. But Christians need to continue to love. We do. We have to. We're the only ones that love these people for who they are. They're struggling to love themselves and, and, and cope with the fact that they were born a male or born a female. And, and rather than affirm that they're okay the way they are, the world is pushing them to dismember themselves and then telling them it's the Christian's fault that you're doing it. It's the Christian's fault that you feel bad about yourself and have to commit suicide now that you're disfigured. It's the Christian's fault. It's the alt-right's fault. Because you, you have this orifice down there between your legs, your crotch that is bleeding all the time now. And you have this festering open wound because they've cut off your penis. It, our society is so sadistically evil and flipping the, the responsibility for these decisions and these disgusting acts and blaming Christianity and, and the quote alt-right unquote for, for this stuff. And for the, the suicides that they do and for the murders that they commit. And, and the uh, bothers me so much. The problems that I have with this is twofold. Number one, the disgusting lies. We need to set that right and show people that we love them with Christ's love. That God loves them no matter how bad they feel about their own body. And they need to accept their body and they need to get on with their lives and accept Jesus Christ. God is standing there with open arms for everybody. If you call yourself a trans or not, it doesn't matter. God created males and females and he loves them both. Whatever body you were born into, 
God loves it and you need to love it too. And you need to accept it and move on with your life because there's a lot more to life than just your sexuality or your gender. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, because of this directed hate and lies and evil by the entire world, the, the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden himself, the freaking uh, press second secretary uh, from from the public school institutions to colleges to the news media to everybody in our government is pushing that these murders that they are committing against Christians is because the Christians drove them to it. So what do you think is coming next? They're going to have more attacks against Christians. There's going to be more attacks against those on the right, physical, violent attacks. And they're going to justify it and say, you deserved it. You brought it on yourself in the exact same way that they used to do the so-called slut shaming. You know, a girl got raped and well, it's because of the way she dressed. It's her fault. They're doing this to Christians. Okay. If you're on the right, if, if you voted for Trump, if you've ever worn a red hat, if you've ever like they're, they're making up things as they go to blame you for the violence done against you to justify the transgenders and their movement. So what do Christians need to do? And this is point number two. Christians need to arm themselves and prepare to protect their loved ones. The world is coming for you. Luke twenty two thirty six. 36, Jesus, then he said unto them, but now he that hath the purse, let him take it. And likewise his script and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one very clearly. And I've done podcasts on this season one episode 12 and episode 26 should a Christian join the military and what does the Bible say about school shootings please listen to those if you have any doubts whatsoever about defending yourself Jesus wants you to defend yourself and your loved ones so buy a gun learn how to use it all right now I have a couple of verses here other reasons why Christians ought to arm themselves this is in the contemporary English version at Proverbs 24 verse 10 says don't give up and be helpless in times of trouble. When trouble comes, when violence comes to your door, do not be helpless. Defend yourself. Then in verse 11, don't fail to rescue those who are doomed to die. When people come to take the lives of innocent people, if you were to see a murder happening on the street or a crime, a violent assault, do not fail to rescue them. The that that is a directive from the Bible. Standing by and watching it happen is a sin. Verse 12 says, don't say, I didn't know it. God can read your mind. He watches each of us and knows our thoughts and God will pay us back for what we do. Straight out of the Bible, guys. Proverbs 24. Don't be helpless. Don't fail to rescue those who need it. We have an obligation as believers in Jesus Christ, as believers in the Bible, to stand up and protect those who are being attacked, physically, violent, those who are doomed to die. Read it in your translation, Proverbs 24, verse 10, 11, and 12. If we stand there and videotape something like you see so often on the internet, someone getting beaten or robbed, that's a sin. It doesn't matter if you get hurt in the process, you're supposed to attempt to help. God's watching you and he knows what you're doing. So it is very obvious that we as Christians ought to stand up and fight when it comes to violence and, and, and look at the shooting in, at the covenant school, the one girl, that nine year old girl that ran to the fire alarm to press it, to try and warn people to get out 
because there was a shooter there. That's all she could do. She's nine years old. She couldn't fight. She didn't have a gun. But she did what she could. And she got shot and killed for it. The Bible says in John, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. She literally laid down her life for her friends, a nine-year-old girl. Shouldn't we do the same? This boils my blood that Christians talk about being pacifists all the time. Well, you shouldn't fight back. You should turn the other cheek. No, 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 no. The Bible says turn the other cheek when Jesus is talking about retaliation to people who are persecuting you. He doesn't say turn the other cheek when he's talking about someone committing murder in front of you. No, you are supposed to help. All right, third reason that you should be buying a, a, a gun. Self-defense is defended in the Bible. We're told to defend ourselves. Nehemiah four seventeen and 18. They which build it on the wall, and they that bear burdens, with those that loaded, every one of his own hands wrought in the work. In other words, they're working on building the wall. And with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. Christians are exhorted to have a weapon by their side. Why? Because we're violent? No, because we're building things. We're building the kingdom of God. We're showing God's love. We're witnessing to people. We're going about our daily chores, our jobs, doing what needs to be done in this life. But you have a sword by your side. So if you are attacked, if an enemy comes, you can stand up and fight them. That is what God wants you to do. Yeah, I'm passionate about this because I was in the military. I've had training. I understand what it means. I understand evil that happens in the world and there are evil people. And if good people don't stand up and defend, then more innocent people die. So the point is, stop saying transgender. That's a made up fantasy. It's either male or female. It wasn't a transgender that shot up and killed those six Christians at that Christian school. It was a female that was pretending that she was a man. The hate is not on our side. Push back against those lies and prepare to protect yourself and your loved ones. It's only going to get worse with the end times coming. Get a gun, train how to use it. And maybe I'll do a, a podcast on how to use a weapon. But you know, there's, there's four things that you ought to know. If, you don't, if you've never purchased a gun and you decide you want to buy one, you better be smart about it. The four basic rules of gun safety. Number one, you always treat every gun as if it's loaded. A lot of people don't realize that. They end up swinging the gun around or acting, picking up a gun thinking it's not loaded and then they accidentally pull the trigger and shoot somebody. But if you treat every gun like it's loaded, you're going to respect it and you're going to be safer and you're not going to have those accidental firings. Number two, the muzzle, the, the barrel of the gun, that's where the bullet comes out. Never point it at something that you don't want dead, not even in jest. The gun is a tool to kill. And if you point it at someone, you better be prepared to pull the trigger and kill them. Because what happens with a bullet when you shoot it? Number one, you can't control it once it leaves the barrel. Number two, once it hits your target, it's going to bounce around and probably rip open some arteries or tear, tear a wound in the person and the person can bleed to death. So you never shoot because you think you're going to wound somebody because chances are you're going to wound them in the wrong place and they will die. It is a killing weapon. It is not a wounding weapon. You would never point a gun at someone unless it's a life or death situation. It's you or them. Number three, you, you need to keep your finger off of that trigger 
Not like in the movies where they've always got the finger on their trigger, like ready to squeeze it and kill. No, you keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Until you know, now's the time I've got to pull the trigger and shoot the person. Because if your finger's not on the trigger, the gun won't shoot. It's a safety thing. And the fourth rule, always be aware of what your target is. You don't just blindly shoot and and hope you hit your target. Be aware of the bad guy, where your target is, and what's behind your target. Because bullets go through things. Bullets will go through two people pretty easy, most of them. So if if a bad guy is standing in front of your wife, you're not going to shoot the bad guy. Because chances are the bullet's going to go through him and it's going to kill your wife. You have to be understanding of the things that you use. It's just like the swords in the Roman times and in Bible times. They didn't just randomly pick up a freaking broadsword that, you know, I don't know how much broadswords weigh, that, you know, weighs 25 pounds and hope they can swing it. No, they trained with it. They learned how to swing. Self-defense is not a joke. Self-defense is not something you do casually. Jumping into into a fight where someone's trying to murder an old lady on the street is, is not a joke that you just casually decide, oh, I'm going to give my life for this woman. No, it's a serious thing. And if you don't train and if you don't prepare and if you don't think about these things, then when it happens, chances are you'll be the one that dies. And what good, how, how did you help? So I'm probably getting a little too much into the weeds there, but you need to understand that if you purchase a weapon, you need to train in how to use it. You know, King David said that, Um, I'd have to look up the verse for you because I wasn't prepared to go here. But (laughs) King David said, blessed is the Lord who trains my hands to war. Are you training? Then maybe you should not carry the weapon in public if you're not training with it. Right? Because you don't want to accidentally hurt somebody. The conclusion of all this is the truth is important. We need to love, push back against the lies And prepare to protect yourself and your loved ones. I hope to God you never have to fight. But I think the time is coming where they're going to be coming for Christians. And if they know you're a Christian, you may have to fight at some point. That's between you and God. I'm saying if you're going to be in a fight, you should think about what your options are and you should prepare. If you have any questions, again, you can always email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. Stay safe out there, pay attention to what's going on, read your Bible, and until next time, may God bless you.